This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on this beautiful Thursday, January 2nd, the second day of 2020. So it's 1-2-2020. That's hard to believe. 1-2-2020. That sounds like should be a TV program with... I don't know, Ellen DeGeneres and uh, Nick. Uh, Nick, yeah, Nick on on the program together. I'd like to see them standing next to each other. It'd be would awesome. Be. It would be. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Same exact haircut. Exactly. That's what we're thinking. Anyway, good to have you guys with us here on Morning Breath. We are a drive time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. Uh, we read a chapter of the Bible, spend some time in the Word, and then we come down to the studio here at the Merritt Island Campus of East Coast Christian Center. Merritt Island, yes, and then we uh, have a little studio here, and we read it on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. We've got uh, Pastor David Gammon here with us today. Welcome, Pastor David Gammon. How you doing, bro? I'm doing great. I'm uh, super excited that the the holidays have come, and now we're focused, <laughs> <Gone>. <laughs> yeah, focused on the future, we're renewing the gym memberships, you know, all that other fun stuff that comes gym. with this. What's yeah. a gym? It's where, it's where you go for the month of January and realize in February that there's funner things to do. Okay, okay, yeah, I got that. That sounds like, I think I'm just going to skip that part and just go right on, you know. I might actually start work working out a little bit. Well, speaking know. of how much longer of hunting seasons left. Uh, let me see if I'm going to carry the two. To divide. It's like the 19th. Okay. 19th okay. of January is the end of, uh, of, of deer season. Not, I mean, you can uh, small game hunt through March. Nice. Uh, stuff like that, squirrels, yeah. rabbits, you know. Uh, I think even bobcats and otters and, you know, uh, amazingly enough. I don't know who to hunt an otter. Right. But, you know, anyway, they're out there. Majestic creatures. How are you doing, Pastor Dave? I'm, I'm, I ought to do better than I know. <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Doing great. It's an awesome day to be alive. I'm excited Amen. about the new year. we got some really cool things coming up. We've got devotion coming up yes. and all that kind of stuff. And so that's exciting for I, sure. I'm really excited about this year's devotion, man. Seeing the team uh, the last couple of months uh, just really all through fall pour into it. Really awesome perspectives from people in the ministry, uh, people in the generational ministry. And in case you don't know what that term is, uh, we actually reached out and asked a couple of the young adults to write in the devotion so you could hear from their perspective. It's just really powerful whenever we slow our lives down and get into the Word of God together, and even on an individual level where the people of God are kind of just pressing into His Word in this season. And this time of Devo, this time of devotion that we have at the first of the year is super powerful. And if you want to know how you want to jump in and be a part of that, go to any of our locations out in Vieira, Coco, Merritt Island, and just ask for the devotion. We'll, we'll get one into your hands or go to our website. We'll have it digitally online. You'll be able to find it right away. It should be super easy. But we want to encourage you, jump on in. Uh, let's do this together. We're actually going to do a, a time of fasting here in a little bit on, on the yeah. 12th. And we want to encourage you to jump in. There's no better way. Way the to start your year than you know getting focused on what God's doing in your life. Another great devo is to show here uh, a way you can do, and we're going to be referring to the devotion that we've also we're all going to be going through throughout the show. But if you want to find out more about Morning Breath or hear other chapters of the Bible that we've been into, once again go to our website. You'll be able to find um, the Morning Breath link that'll take care of you. I'll answer all your questions. I'll have the chapters that we have. 
But the best way for anything East Coast is get our app. Just download our app. It will be able to give you messages that we've done from the weekend. It'll be able to give you morning breath episodes, events that we're going into. It'll be able to tell you about what we have available for you and your family at the church, uh, small group-wise, and, and everything else that goes on. And I believe even the Devo will be on the app this year. Let me go double-check. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be a good thing. Anyway, so we'd love to have you involved. It's a great time of the year to press in and, and be a part of a, something as a family, as a group. And it also, it, it strengthens you. Maybe it'll be a, a tougher day on fasting or, you know, a tougher day on studying or whatever it is that you're, you know, setting yourself apart for. And uh, somebody, you can just, you know, somebody else will lift you up and somebody else will encourage you. And so that's a good part of it. Anyway, we're, we're excited about the new year and we want to see you involved in it. And uh, it's New Year's, uh, another good time to commit to morning breath. And so we appreciate you guys being here. And as we get into the word, uh, uh-huh. any other announcements or stuff we got? I don't think we really do have uh, much else. No, no. <clears throat> yeah. Pastor Nana is actually going to take the, the the super Bible theologian challenge today as we go into Luke 3. And oh, he has good a, point. He has a bunch of tough names that he has willfully decided to, to Yes, yeah, so I'll I'll read the genealogy. So you're going to have to get us started. What what translation are you reading from? I'm going to read from uh, New King James. Okay, and so you're going to read through verse 20. Yes. And I must say unto you, Luke chapter 3, 1 through 20. Reads uh, now in the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip tetrarch of Itura, the region of Trachonitis, and Lysanias tetrarch of Albaline, which Annas and Caiaphas were high priests. The word of God came to John, son of Zacharias, in the wilderness, and he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the word of Isaiah, the prophet sang, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked place shall be made straight, and the rough ways smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones, and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Then the tax collector also came to be baptized and said to them, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed to you. Likewise, soldiers asked him, saying, What shall we do? So he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely, and be content with your wages. Now as the people were in expectation, and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn. But the chafe he will burn with unquenchable fire. And with many other exhortations, he preached the gospel. Exhortations, he preached the gospel. But Herod, the tetrarch, being rebuked by him concerning Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, his brother Philip's wife, for all the evils which Herod had done, also added this above all, that he shut John up in prison. Verse 21, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Jana, the son of Joseph, the son of Mattathiah, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of Maath, the son of Mattathiah, the son of Shimi, the son of Joseph, the son of Judah, the son of Joannes, the son of Ressa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosam, the son of Elmodam, the son of Ur, the son of Joz, the son of Eleazar, the son of Joram, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonah, the son of Eliakim, the son of Meliah, the son of Menan, the son of Mattathiah, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Solomon, the son of Nashon, the son of Abinadab, the son of Ram, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, and the son of Serug, the son of Ru, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphaxed, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Amen. Wow. There, there's a mouthful of... I, I didn't know Ressa was in the Bible. I didn't know that either. It just sort of hit me, and you know, we have a friend named Ressa. Mm -hmm. And so it never really hit Ressa in that list, never really hit me. Me before, but this is Ressa, a guy, not Ressa, a girl, because genealogies were done following, you know, men's names, not women's names. Though Matthew, I believe, included four women in his genealogy, it was very unusual for the Jews to have any women in genealogies at all. It was all sort of a man, sort of a men had the corner of that genealogy market. I felt a little bit like if I found my 1999 class graduation yearbook yeah and like you're reading the names like oh Zerubbabel yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. you remember oh, him from hey. the bible yeah good guy that Zerubbabel what's he been up to you know like yeah and it's <clears> like <throat> yeah that's amazing to see all those names yeah and there's a lot of, I mean of course there's incredible history there it is interesting and I think part of this genealogy I think that makes it a little bit interesting is uh that he goes back to Adam here I think uh, in Matthews it just goes back to Abraham it starts at Abraham or whatever the case may be or goes back to Abraham. This goes back to Adam, the son of God, mm. and uh, which I think does say a little bit to us about that Jesus the Messiah isn't just a Jewish Jesus mm -hmm. Messiah. 
you know, kind of going from the line of Abraham and going through that way. But he's a he's a Messiah, signifying Jesus survive. Let me get that right. Not a Sophia, a Savior or a Messiah to uh, all men, not just the Jew. Come on. And this is even written by uh, a person that's not Jewish. And the fact that he is able to go through all of this genealogy and put it down in paper because... It is, this isn't like he just posted something to Facebook, you know, how like you might just fling something out there to have paper and pen and write and have stuff at this time period was huge. And he is Luke is, is putting this out here saying, listen, you know, I mean, if we think we get critiqued now in this era, uh, this definitely was, was a big deal. And he's putting down that he's showing us, hey, Jesus became more than just a person to me that. Um, I'm, I'm in love with God so much that I know God's story. And I feel that sometimes that that's as believers, as I would like to grow is growing and knowing God's story. Like I talk about, Oh, look, Zerubbabel made it. Look, um, Seth made it. Look, all these other people, um, Perez. And there's a couple names that were said that I was like, man, I'd, I'd like to look them up. I don't really think I really know that person, but if they're important enough to be in Jesus's story, then I want them in my story. I'd want to know of them. I want to know the wisdom that's there for them because another disciple would write in his gospel, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word became flesh. So when I read my Bible, I understand that I get to learn and see a new part of Jesus, a side of Jesus maybe I didn't see before uh, because he is the word and the word became flesh. So being in your Bible is super important. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even uh, what I think is cool about you can learn something from any part of the Bible. This is a little bit more difficult chapter because it's kind of just telling us kind of some history things and, you know, some event things that are maybe not as maybe, uh, you know, doctrine applicable to daily life. But there are some good things we can apply here. One of the things I noticed in this thing is we have several, this kind of a time of repentance People are going out in the wilderness and kind of getting right with God. It's been 400 years, which I think is worth noting. Most people, you know, a lot of people know that about this part of the Bible, but there's not really been a prophet for a long time. And there are some pretty important people mentioned in the first part of this chapter, you know, whether it's Tiberius Caesar or Herod or, you know, the high priests, uh, plural, which there shouldn't have been two of them. There should only have been one of them. So something weird's going on there. All these people are mentioned, but then there's this humble dude from, you know, out in the wilderness named John that God is actually speaking to. So hearing God's voice, you don't have to be somebody as far as somebody else is concerned. You just have to be somebody that God wants to speak to and, you know, just make yourself available to him. But I thought it's interesting. These All these people are coming to John and saying, what should I do? What should I do? How, what should we do then? And uh, if the tree is going to be cut down and all these bad things are going to happen, what should we do? And so soldiers come, tax collectors come, and they're they're really kind of not looked very highly upon. They're you know soldiers take their power, their their sword and their authority, and they're taken too much from people. And tax collectors are collected too much taxes. What's interesting to me is that John doesn't say quit your job. He said do your job correctly. You know, it's tough sometimes, some of the jobs and some of the positions that we might be in our life. You know, the answer isn't very often, well, quit that. Just go do something else. Very often it is, do it right. 
Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. That's what he said to the soldiers. And, you know, hey, there, even if you got a tough job or a job people around you don't like, you know, maybe you're a boss that's in a, you know, difficult situation. Maybe you're, you're in a school working and some of the students are upset or, you know, you're a principal and some of the teachers are upset. You know, what you need to do at this point is do your job and do it well Come on. and do it to the best of your ability and, and love God and love people. And I think that's an important thing. I just thought it was cool. That, you know, it wasn't like, stop, don't do that anymore, but do what you do correctly. Come on. Which I thought was interesting. I love that. I love because John really cuts to the to the heart of people in this. He does not hold back any punches. And but, but by punches, I don't mean he's just out there saying what's on his mind. He's not saying what's on his mind. He's saying the what we believe is the absolute truth of yes. he's saying, Hey, oh, you evil corrupt people, what what's brought you here? Oh, because you realize that we're in a bad place. And we need to change. And he has a passion for the holiness of God. He has a passion for the people to repent. And he doesn't have to do. I find often we, if we're going to tell somebody about God, we uh, we feel like we have to walk on eggshells all the time just to bring God up. Or we have to candy coat stuff. But the truth is, if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are heading to, to condemnation. You're heading to hell. And that looks upon now as, as very, very taboo to say. And that's not even just taboo to say or very bad to say. Um, if you tell somebody maybe something in their lifestyle is not God-honoring, it's like, whoa, don't be religious. John was not worried about being labeled religious. Mm-mm. He was more, like Pastor Nancy, he was more focused mm-hmm. about carrying out what his calling from God is and was so that when it hit the people— there was repentance. You see, we often put our, we filter our calling through our insecurities and we water down what God's trying to call us to do. And we wonder why we don't see fruit instead of stepping out in faith and watching. I mean, like soldiers were saying, hey, what do I need to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, the richest people around, tax collectors, what do I need to do? But could you imagine if he led with, hey, guys. Did you ever think about maybe your moral compass? You need to at? make a couple adjustments. Yeah. You know, not that much, but just a couple degrees that way. No, that that wouldn't have had any power here. You know, when you look at uh, John's kind of role in this, I just wrote down a few things that I saw here that John was. John was a waymaker. Mm. You know, it says prepare the way of the Lord. It's John was a voice crying in the wilderness. So uh, John was uh, in some ways a farmer because they use the example of the axe is laid to the root of the trees. So he's clearing out anything that is stopping the field from producing. And then it says his winnowing fan is in his hand. And that's another sort of farming uh, thing where you're separating grain from the chaff. And so he was a farmer and, and farmers don't beat up on the chaff because they didn't like the chaff. They beat up on the chaff so that there could be more fruit, more mm. more substance there. He was also a preacher, obviously, because that's what he was doing. He was preaching the word, verse 18 says, and with many other exhortations, he preached to the people. And then uh, really, if you look at verse 10 through 18 here, he's a teacher. Mm. He's explaining some things to them in incredible ways, and uh, which also he was a baptizer. And yep. so there's a lot we could say about what John was doing here. But the thing I'm most proud about John is that John, uh, John had a, a pretty incredible ministry. 
All of the city was coming out to him. The city, Jerusalem, the, you know, highest of high groups of people that could say God is moving and John, you are the catalyst that's bringing revival to our area. And that when the opportunity came, John stepped aside and said, take it, Jesus. Come on. You know, he must increase. I must decrease. That's a pretty amazing step for someone to take. Um, I think that human nature doesn't rejoice in that. Human nature doesn't lean into that. Human nature wants to stay important, wants to stay the focal point. And uh, the thing, one of the things I'm most proud about John is he was willing to decrease that someone else might increase. We actually, I, I love that because we actually don't see John in this moment, his his pinnacle moment. We would see him, his ministry from here, from the baptism of Jesus start to uh, rescend and, and get actually smaller yep, as exactly. Jesus increases. You never see John take for himself. Matter of fact, when the crowd's crying out, what should I do? He says, those of you that have two tunics, Give one to someone who has none. And those of you have food, feed the people that don't. He still doesn't take for himself. But when the crowds are crying out to you, when people are crying out to you, what jumps out in your heart? When your boss is saying, hey, what should we do about this? You know, are you looking at what what is important to God's heart? Or are you trying to take what's important for your heart? Now, don't get me wrong. There is times where both of them can line up. And, and absolutely, actually, I hope that because some of the biggest blessings you'll find is when your heart is truly made happy by what makes God's heart full of joy. But he had no motive. He had no underlining intention. He had no he had no deceit really kind of found in him in these moments where he is just trying to help people. And then what happens after he, he has, here's what I'm trying to get to, very long-winded. <laughs> His character was foundational that Jesus chose him to baptize him. And, man, your character will be the foundation on which the work of God is built in your life. And it's it's just important to know that. Well, when you look at this and think that Jesus got baptized in Matthew, he tells us why. He said, let it be so that it fulfills all righteousness. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure about how it, that happened or how that worked. I, you know, I don't know that I see perfectly into that statement of Jesus and understand it all. But I do know this, that if Jesus felt, who had no sin, felt like baptism was an act of fulfilling all unrighteousness, then I would just encourage everybody out there, if you've never been baptized since you believed, now I don't, you know, I'm not going to speak ill against baptism as a baby or any of that. I don't think that's what we're supposed to do because the Bible says he who believes and is baptized. I think baptism should follow believing that if you got baptized before you believed, it was just an act. It didn't really carry any real spiritual significance, though it may have felt so at the time when you baptized your babies or your sons or your daughters. I know it can feel that way. It can be emotional. It can be, you know, a, a powerful thought. But the rea- reality is, if you have not been baptized since you believed, I think it's something you should do. And the Bible says that's one of our, you know, few, very, very few, precious few, one of our two sacraments left in the church. And the two sacraments left in the church you know, are baptism and communion. And so uh, I would encourage you to do that. Jesus did it. And uh, then I think what's really cool about this part is it says the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove. 
upon him, and a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this is the first of, I believe, three times. I think it is transfiguration. Mm-hmm. And then was it on the cross? <clears throat> I don't think so. There's a one. There's a third time. I can't remember when it was right now. Um, first of three times when uh, God spoke audibly mm-hmm. to him, and this is one of the times that God spoke audibly. And so I know a lot of people want an audible voice, but only Jesus got it three times. So, mm-hmm. hey, let's get back into the Word in a minute. We'll be right back. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. East Coast Christian Center would like to invite you to join us on a 10-day Israel Bible study tour led by co-pastors Dan and Matt Staubaum. The trip will take place March 9th through the 18th, 2020. The total cost is $3,995. For more info or to register, sign up at eccc.us slash Israel trip. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Hey everyone, this is Chris Johnson, and I wanted to share some exciting news with our Morning Breath family. My friend, Mike Green, and I had the honor of writing and producing our first EP called Moments Matter. Moments, they matter. Moments, they matter. Oh, yes, they do. Mike, a local business owner and Morning Breath supporter, along with myself, have been a part of East Coast Christian Center and Morning Breath together for almost two decades. And so we wanted to let you in on a preview of the music and to let you know that Moments Matter, our first single from the EP, will be out January 17th, 2020. You can buy, stream, or check out willingheartmusic.com. We pray these songs will inspire you to make the most of every moment God gives you. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Just closing thought here. I know that we're getting ready to go into a, a new year, some time of seeking, praying, and just uh, kind of preparing for the new year, if we might use that word, uh, preparing our hearts, preparing our minds, uh, 
you know, refreshing and refilling our, ourselves. Uh, the holidays can be a little bit stressful, a little bit busy and all that stuff. Now, the thing I thought about here is Jesus needed the way prepared for him. And if Jesus needed the way prepared for him, how much more do we need the way That's good. prepared for us? And when you look at it here, there's a, there's some things that go on, some, some things that are removed. Uh, he said, look, do not say, begin to say we have Abraham as our father. So what's he saying here? You know, don't let, don't let your genealogy, don't let your, uh, your thoughts of your family history, uh, be what you depend on. You know, I've, I've raised a few PKs. We have four children. Don't let my faith, you know, you can't stand, my kids can't stand on my faith. I can't stand on my parents' faith. Uh, you guys that have been raised in a family with like a real godly grandma, you can't be raised on her faith. And I'm a good person is not enough. You need to give your heart and life to Christ, and you need to follow him. So I would encourage you this year, be a year that you prepare your heart, and then you follow the Lord. 2020, clear vision. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.